It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today we've got a little bit of news to start things off. The Vikings have lost yet another member of their coaching staff. Defensive backs coach Durante Jones is going to become the defensive coordinator at LSU, which is really unfortunate. It seemed like the Vikings were really happy with the job that Durante Jones was doing with the defensive backs. I think it's tough to argue with that considering how the rookie corners came along as the season went along, you know, they had a lot of rookie mistakes and a lot of young guy stuff. Uh, and, and that stuff sort of was improving over the course of the year, which I think is a hallmark of uh, coaches working with them and fixing various problems and stuff. So it, kind of a bummer to lose Durante Jones to the LSU Tigers. There's also not a lot you can do about it. A, he's going from being a defensive backs coach to a defensive coordinator. That's a pretty big promotion that obviously the Vikings can't like match or anything. And also, to be honest, going from the pros to college is going to usually be a good thing for those coaches because college teams tend to pay a little bit more. So now the Vikings have to go figure out who their, uh, their, their defensive backs coach is going to be. Their assistant defensive backs coach, Roy Anderson, also has LSU ties. He was in LSU at in, in 2019. So there's a non-zero chance that he goes over and, and follows Durante Jones to the college ranks. But if not, he'd be a decent, I guess, a decent enough option to promote from within. You find a new assistant from the ranks of somebody's defensive QC coaches or whatever, and you fill out your staff that way. There's not really much to analyze about this. I mean, the guy just got a better opportunity, and that's just kind of how things go. And, and I think we kind of take this to a weird spot sometimes, right, where I, I've already started seeing some things. Ah, oh, Zimmer can't keep his staff together. Everybody's just itching to get out of the organization. And I don't think that's true. Um, I, I think this is just how the NFL works. I don't think this is something unique to the Vikings. Yes, I, I think more Vikings player or more Vikings coaches get poached than than elsewhere. You know, they've lost Pat Shermer. They've lost Kevin Stefanski. They had a whole bunch of coaches leave last year 
here. But like, on, honestly, each of those scenarios, you don't exactly see a case of somebody like getting really mad and in a huff and there being some like bitter divorce. Or it's really they're just like chasing better opportunities. Even the ones that end up making lateral moves like George Edwards ends up going down, right? He goes from defensive coordinator to linebackers coach. But he was up like kind of trying to get a defensive coordinator job with more upward mobility in it, right? Go be the defensive coordinator for, say, an offensive minded head coach and, and perhaps be able to kind of showcase your stuff a little more somewhere he could call the plays. It's kind of what he wanted. I think there was something similar with Jerry Gray, you know, especially I, I forget the actual order of events, but I have to imagine he knew that Andre Patterson and Adam Zimmer were going to get that promotion when George Edwards left. And then Jerry Gray, uh, you know, knows, all right, well, there, there's really nothing here for me. I'm kind of I've outgrown this pond and I need to go somewhere else. And, and I think that maybe, you know, if you want to keep your staff on, maybe you could have navigated that differently, although you can't really do that without just kind of uh, doing the same thing to someone else. Um, but for a move like this with Durante Jones, it's it's a promotion. You know, Kevin Stefanski is not going to stay in Minnesota to be an offensive coordinator when there's a head coaching job on the line. The fact that George Payton stayed in Minnesota to be an assistant when there were so many GM offers is a, nothing short of a miracle. And I think it was just because he and, and Rick Spielman are so tight uh, that that he wouldn't do it. And he liked the the. Uh, environment here and stuff. And he was like really looking for the best opportunity. He's a very like unique case. But I think by and large, I think a lot of the staff leaving is because people look at like other teams. If you ask other teams uh, and and anytime there's any surveying of like other league offices and other staffs, they look at the Vikings and they say, yeah, that is a, a stable organization that is run the proper way. And, you know, eh, they make this evaluation mistake and there's, you know, we all kind of have our hits and misses. But by and large, you look Look at the the Vikings organization, and it's a it's a staff that people want to try and emulate. The Broncos are going to try and emulate the Vikings now. The Browns almost exactly emulated the Vikings in terms of what Kevin Stefanski had control over, and we're about to see. I think we're about to see just a copy pasted Rick Spielman over in Denver. I'm actually really curious to see what kind of happens there and what the differences are. And I imagine, you know, we can see more uh, trades with the Broncos, which would be kind of interesting, even if it's just like late day three stuff or stupid stuff like the Danny Isadora trade. You know, Miami, uh, the Miami Dolphins have kept their relationship with Rick Spielman. There's been a ton of trades with the Miami Dolphins. And I wonder with Durante Jones being the defensive coordinator at LSU, I wonder if the Vikings start drafting a few more Tigers, uh, which I don't think any of us would have too much of a problem with in uh, in in future years. But uh, either way, I think right now the, the short term thing is, OK, now what do we do with the defensive backs coach? Vikings will be dealing with their third defensive backs coach in as many years going from Jerry Gray to Durante Jones to a new person. They might lose the assistant as well if he goes and follows Durante Jones. I don't really know what the relationship is like there. So we're going to see where they go. However, the head coach is was a defensive backs coach before it was a defensive coordinator. So there's always, I think, going to be some sort of presence of kind of uh, making sure that your defensive backs are cared for and and the, that you pay enough attention to them and that you develop them properly. If that's what Mike Zimmer is doing all of training camp, which is something he likes to do, he likes to kind of get in there, get get his hands on them, and uh, and and help them with their technique and stuff. And I think that has a, a pretty positive impact, especially, you know, in the dog days of training camp, you don't need to be on the sideline managing every giant decision and all this high level stuff. That's when you can get a little micromanaging. And I know he likes to, and I think he missed it in the uh, off season of 2020. We'll see what happens in the 2021 off season, but there's a lot of stuff we have to wait and see. And we'll, we'll see what happens with the defensive backs coach and with the offensive coordinator and the special teams coordinator. That's now three openings on the Vikings coaching staff that need to be filled. And I think if it were up to the Vikings, they probably 
probably would only have one, and that's the Marwan Maloof spot. Now, also, today is Twitter Tuesday. Don't you think I forgot? You guys sent me a whole bunch of questions on Twitter at LukeBronNFL or at LockedOnVikings. You can send me questions whenever. And now there's also a Google form you can use. Link to all that stuff in the show notes. If you're looking for it, you can also just find it on my Twitter bio. Or honestly, just send an email to LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. So I am going to get into all those questions shortly. That is all coming up. But what else is coming up is the greatest betting holiday of the season, and that is the Super Bowl. All the wild props are already up. The one betting place that has you covered, the one place that we trust, that's betonline.ag. So you can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. And if you use the promo code Locked On, you get a 50% free play welcome bonus. So if you deposit 100 bucks, that means you would have $150 to play with. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Get all of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Now, thank you all so much for submitting questions. Those of you who submitted questions, if you want to submit a question again, you can tweet it to me at LukeBronNFL or at Locked On Vikings. You can send it in a private message. You can send an email to LockedOnPodcasts at gmail.com, or you can fill out the Google form which is linked in the description, however you prefer. The first one is going to come from Brandon Miller, who says, which HC or OC is going to revolutionize NFL offenses by significantly incorporating downfield lateraling in both play design and improvisation? And will it be Clint Kubiak? Okay, so I love this. I've actually thought about this as well, and I'm sure it's just like a a point of entropy that coaches just don't want to risk. You know, if you mess that up and you fumble or something, it's like a kind of a risky, chaotic play, and you might not want to introduce that much chaos. But listen, what what usually happens with uh, offensive innovations, what usually spurs offensive innovation is a coach gets an absolutely dreadful roster. This is how like the Eric Coriel was invented that North Turner then ended up taking the Cowboys to a bunch of Super Bowls on, right? Where he just had this like dreadful team. I think it was at St- uh, Don Coriel at San Diego State had this horrible team or maybe it was before that and he brought it. I, f- I forget. Uh, but there, it was just this horrible roster. Oh, go even all the way back to the wing tee where they just did not have good blockers. So they had this like crazy shifty kid and they just like said, okay, like go run over to the outside, be faster than everybody to the sideline and run around them all. And he was like faster, so much faster than everybody. I think it was like a high school thing or the, the talent disparity was so wide that it would actually work. And then suddenly the wing T like sort of took storm. So it needs to be a, a, a really, really bad roster. I don't know if there are any NFL bad rosters that are there. This would have to happen at the high school or the college ranks. But if it's going to be a head coach or an offensive coordinator that draws this up and really does like make a new revolution in the NFL... It's going to be Pep Hamilton, who already drew up an XFL offense. And I bet if a whole XFL season played out, we would have seen some of those double forward pass things moved a little bit more. If you remember, there was that that you could have a, a second forward pass 
uh, as long as the first forward pass didn't cross the line of scrimmage, you could have a second one. So for like weird flea flicker type stuff, you could actually do something like that. And I would imagine that there were some play designs that he played with. So it's already in his head. But if you could think about it, right, say there is a... uh, a Mills concept where you have a, a deep in and a deep post and it kind of stresses that safety and you throw it to the deep post, but there's somebody else catching up to them and they want to go back and lateral to the guy who threw the, the, the deep in. I, I think that would be an interesting thing if you could practice it and like be sure that there wouldn't be a whole bunch of fumbles. That's interesting. So my answer to your question, if you want a name that you recognize as Pep Hamilton, who did an XFL offense, but I think that the real answer to that kind of question is some guy with a weird high school team in like the middle of nowhere, Alabama. Uh, Walker asks, who is your favorite Vikings meme player, a.k.a. a player that isn't necessarily good, but memes are made about them? Mine, for example, is Matt Asiata. That is a fantastic answer. Mine is Kirk Cousins, and it's not even close. The Kirk Cousins memes are absolutely hilarious, uh, and and I've never seen anything like it. Michael asks, how good or bad is the defense in 21? Assuming everyone is back and healthy, including Hunter Pearson Barr. So uh, assuming everybody is back and healthy and assuming no other changes then that would, I think, insinuate a defense that I think has some issues on depth and like wouldn't be resilient enough to injuries and would also be missing a safety. If you assume, again, no changes, that means Anthony Harris walks and I think would need like another run stuffing defensive tackle. All in all, that is not a bad defense. You basically would have exactly the same defense as you had in 2019 minus an Anthony Harris. I would still think that that flirts with top 10, uh, if not actually gets into the top 10. And then, you know, you would hope that you would have some sort of offseason to uh, move or two that would like improve upon that. But I think if everybody stayed healthy, if everybody gets back and stays healthy, then I think you can kind of mimic the 2019 defensive result, which was a pretty good result. Xavier Rhodes problems notwithstanding, that was like not a bad result. Uh, They still ended up top 10 in like DVOA and stuff. So I think you could probably replicate that. Nick Howard said, my son is three and is starting to get into things, quote unquote, daddy likes, namely football. Do I subject him to a lifetime of being tortured as a Viking fan or do I let him make his own choice? for a team. Okay, so here's the here's how you have to do this. You are not in the wrong for exposing your child to a lot of Vikings football. I don't think that that's bad. You, you're not going to shield your child from let him experience life the way that you experience life, right? This is coming from somebody with absolutely no parenting experience. So I think I know what I'm talking about, but there may come a day. In fact, there will come a day. It has come for all of us. I think it's a rite of passage. The day where you go, I cannot root for this team anymore. <laughs> we all had that day a lot, like it, a month ago, uh, where you just go, I can't do it anymore. I cannot root for this team anymore. Screw it. Go Chargers or whatever. When that day comes, you just have to be supportive. And if he stays with it, he stays with it. And that's life. You have to be supportive unless he chooses the Packers just to spite you, in which case you'll know you've failed as a parent and you also will be well within your legal right to banish him to the barren oil wastes of Qatar. Kurt with two C's asks, let's say the Vikings are about to match the offensive output of 2020, uh, as well as bring back their defensive starters as planned. Who scares you in the NFC as a team you don't want to face? Shorten this question, I suppose, who I'm asking, who's the top dog in the NFC? Okay, yeah. So basically you're saying, assume the offense is good and the defense is good, right? Because that is essentially what you're implying there. Who is the main competition? Honestly, it's kind of the Packers, right? I'm not going to put a whole lot of serious weight into the idea of Aaron Rodgers leaving the Packers. Um, I think the dude was just sad. And I, I went over that a little bit yesterday. Um, and I, there's maybe he's thinking about it, but I really don't think he's actually going to pull the trigger on that. But I, I, so I, I think that, you know, the the Packers, especially if they have a normal offseason and they don't completely botch the draft again, I think they could absolutely put together another like really, really, really formidable season. Uh, their uh, cap situation isn't that bad. I 
don't think they have a ton of to do's in this off season. Like it's not going to be difficult for them to kind of run it back and try again. Um, and I, you know, they like their staff and all that stuff. I, I think that it would have to be the Packers. Listen, I, who else is it going to be? I think the Seahawks are solved. If you listen to me on locked on NFL, you can find me there on Tuesdays. I've ripped the Seahawks. I'm going to start calling them the Seattle solved Hawks because they are solved. Pete Carroll's defense is way outdated. I think anybody who runs it, the Gus Bradley version in, uh, in Las Vegas, the Dan Quinn version is going to move to, to Dallas. Now I think it's completely just the worst thing to be running in today's NFL. I think it's totally outdated. Um, so I don't think it's going to be the Seahawks breeze retired. Who knows what happens with the saints? Who knows what happens with the Buccaneers? If Tom Brady has, another year like this in him it does kind of feel like the nfc is gonna open up a little bit and we'll see right maybe deshaun watson joins the lions and we have to like worry about it but honestly the nfc does seem like it might weaken a little bit if uh if if offseason you know they don't have like ridiculous offseason additions and then it's it might just be you know vikings and packers and one gets to be the one seed and one gets to be the five seed in this scenario where the vikings are like definitely absolutely good but listen you don't want to deal with with uncertainties like that. You especially don't want to deal with uncertainty when it comes to your car. If your oil light comes on, if your check engine light comes on, make sure you get that checked out. And sometimes you might need to get a part for it, get a new battery, even just get some oil or some windshield wiper fluid or something. And instead of going to one of those brick and mortar auto parts stores, maybe you can't because you you know your car is broken. Why don't you head on over to rockauto.com? They have an unbelievably expansive catalog of parts that will definitely match your car. Just enter your make, your model, and your year. They can even help you if you don't know that stuff. And you can navigate straight to a selection of parts that will be compatible with your car. They do that research for you. And they don't give like a special price to retailers versus individual buyers or anything. Everybody pays the same price, which means you can save a little bit. They're not marking you up like the brick and mortar joints do. So head on over to rockauto.com. And in the how you heard about us section, let them know that Locked On sent you, because if you don't, I'm going to have to banish myself to the barren oil wastes of Qatar. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I also want to talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It is Built Bar. These are all covered in delicious 100% chocolate. They come in flavors like peanut butter and raspberry and carrot cake and cookies and cream. It's ridiculous. But they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They all have like 180 calories or something like that, like 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar. Really a lot better for you than you would think considering the uh, the flavors that they come in. So great for if you're on a keto diet or if you're just trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. So if you want to try Built Bar for yourself, use promo code Locked On. You get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. For most of us, 2020 is over, but it is Super Bowl season and we can start thinking about those Super Bowl props. And this kind of thing does not have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. Now let's continue on with the questions. The next one comes from David Stefano who says rookies generally don't do well in their first year. How many rookie draft picks percentage wise 
roughly turn out to be even average in their first season. So yeah, I, I think the hierarchy that I usually have, the kind of general rule of thumb heuristic that I have is your first round pick should probably contribute for you right away and then become like a cornerstone starter or, you know, at least like this every down unquestioned contributor, right? And if you kind of, if, if it's his third year and, you're, and you have to replace him, that's a bad first round pick, right? Second and third round picks, I think they just need to be contributing on your team. These, you know, I think Irv Smith is a, a normal second round pick. I think Eric Kendrick is a way better second round pick, right? That's not the expectation. The expectation is closer to Irv Smith. Somebody gets on the field who contributes, who's absolutely part of your team, but you're not necessarily building around him. Third round picks is a little closer. I think if they're getting on the field, if they're starting, it's a win for a third round pick. If they're getting on the field at all, I think that's about average. Uh, Fourth round, fifth round picks, those are your contributing kind of maybe rotational wide receiver four types or special teamers. Um, But at that point, you know, you're just happy if they're on the team after a couple of years. Like Jaleel Johnson, I think, is probably a slightly below average fourth round pick where he was on the team. He didn't do too much, uh, but he like he did make the team all four years that you can't always say that. And then anything, you know, sixth, seventh round, you're just happy if they make the roster. That is generally my rule of thumb for how to kind of set the expectations. But we can even use something like PFF grades and look at this, right? So if PFF sees anything, we'll call a 65 average. I think if you do like nothing on a play and you play like one snap and you like don't get targeted on it or whatever, uh, you get an even 60. So that if 60 is you had no impact, we'll, we'll call a 65 you had enough positive impact to be called average. Of 177 rookies that took snaps in uh, some capacity over 2020, uh, defensive rookies is just defensive grades. There were 40 that uh, graded above that 65 grade threshold. If you want a more normal class, uh, that's the 2019 class. Uh, 2019, there are 173 rookies, about the same, and about like 51 were a 65 or, or higher. So it is definitely, I would say, uh, average your first year, probably about a third of them. So you could probably expect like a, a first round pick. You should probably get something out of that player. Second round pick, you hope to get something out of that player. If you don't, it's I wouldn't call it an emergency, but perhaps disappointing. But I think that's about the line that that I would draw there. That was a good one. Alexander FM asks, which hashtag old friend would you most want the Vikings to re-sign? It is Everson Griffin, hands down. Uh, I, I think, I don't know. He, he does seem to want to come back. Obviously, there's all the stuff he's been posting on social media. I'm not going to worry about that stuff too much. I just really want him to do a retirement tour here. Uh, I, I would love him to come back, even if it's just a one-day contract to retire a Viking. That would mean something to my cold, dead soul. Uh, Kyle Slaby asks, what lessons team construction uh, scheme specific plays, etc. Should the Vikings learn from each of the Super Bowl teams? Um, I, I don't know if there's a lot of lessons that they can learn. I think there are maybe some defensive lessons schematically that Zimmer can steal from Todd Bowles, and I would not be surprised to see him do that. And I think he might have already done that a little bit. But the way that Bowles has been just relentlessly blitzing and stuff, I think is really, really good against the wide zone revolution that's coming. He blitzes corners all the time. And corner blitzes are really good against wide zone because a lot of times, you know, if you're blitzing the nickel corner and the quarterback uh, peels out that way, not only do you maybe have a good angle at the quarterback, but you have a really, really fast guy chasing him down instead of some big nose tackle. So I I think the corner blitz thing that Todd Bowles does is maybe something that they can steal uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. From the Chiefs, 
I think speed is king is something that they can steal there. I think there's just some run pass ratio stuff that they could probably steal. Just the idea of being in a more pass heavy scheme seemed to work out pretty well, although the wide zone does require a little bit more of a run heavy approach, uh, but you could still approach it the way the Packers did. I, I wrote an article about that a, a week or two ago, so you could maybe steal that. That feels like a little bit lame, though, because like yeah, pass more like I, we know. Um so I, I would say speed is king, and I think some of their little shovel pass, stupid little motion tricks are things that every team should try to run in 2021 and make defenses worry about them. Uh, Akshath says, can you go through some bargain bin guard options in the upcoming free agency? So I, I assume you're asking bargain bin because of what the Vikings can afford, but I really, really like this free agent class for guards. I like this free agent class, honestly, for everybody. And I think there's a few teams that like aren't up against it. And the, there's like t- six teams that aren't like up against it right now that are basically going to get their pick of the litter of a whole bunch of really, really interesting names. Um, I think there's been a lot of hay about Steven Wisniewski. I think Steven Wisniewski would be an interesting bargain bin option. Tom Compton is going to come available this year. I know they've got a relationship with him. We'll see if they would maybe like him back. I think he kind of got paid a little more than they were willing to. And I don't know if it worked out great for the 49ers, but you know, maybe, uh, I, Forrest lamp is somebody that they were really interested in, in that draft. He kind of couldn't stay healthy. He didn't work out. That could be an interesting guy to go over. Um, Joe Haig from the Buccaneers is a really interesting idea. That Bucks O line was really good. Um, and he played on it just a little bit. I think Mike Iopati is somebody that they have negotiated with before if they want an old one, although I think he might be a little bit more expensive. Um, if you want to maybe get a little more aggressive, you have John Feliciano and Brian Winters, both uh, played right guard for the Bills, both of the, the the right guards that played for the Bills. I think both are very interesting names. Um, you know, you have the Brandon Scherf, Joe Thune thing that everybody I'm sure is going to get really uh, up in arms about. There's J.R. Sweezy as well. Those are going to be your kind of big names, but I think that kind of second wave is actually really robust. There's a lot of really interesting names. DJ Fluker, Ethan Posick, uh, Jermaine Effetti. There's a lot of really interesting names out there that you might be able to go try to get your hands on. I mean, shoot, you might even go try Danny Isadora again. He's coming available. Who knows? Rastapasta asks, which Vikings player is most likely to have awkward sideline conversations during the game? I think Kirk Cousins does this on purpose. If you've ever listened to him mic'd up, sometimes he just says random crap. Uh, Adam Thielen has a lot of weird, he, he, he like comes up with a lot of weird, like, would you rather's your big brother would tell you kind of stuff, like really like weird, would you rather hypotheticals. Um, but I, I might even go with Afadio Denebo too. Afadio Denebo is kind of a nerd and I feel like he would get like really deep in like Game of Thrones lore with you or something. And like, even if you like don't care about that at all, I feel like he would go there. Patty Buke Buke says, what does the potential of the North losing both Stafford and Rogers mean for the Vikings cousins marriage next year? He could clearly be the best QB in the division. Uh, that, hey, that's hilarious uh, that that is actually maybe possible. Um, I, so here's the thing. Again, I don't think Rodgers is leaving in Green Bay, although that would be awesome, right? Uh, Stafford, of course, is definitely leaving in Detroit. Um, I, I don't know if that changes a lot about the Vikings-Cousins marriage. I think that changes a lot more about the defensive approach that they're going to have to take. And we don't really know what that is until we know what quarterbacks are they're going to face You know, for six of their games this year. But it also will kind of open the world. If Rodgers leaves Green Bay and Green Bay falls apart and, you know, the Lions continue to be the Lions and stuff. And suddenly the division is wide open and right for the taking and the Vikings can win the division a couple of times. That means a lot. That'll give them a lot of leash and a lot of credibility and ability to kind of keep their their continuity. 
Uh, Joey asks, am I right to think the Vikings should aggressively pursue Morgan Cox? Uh, Morgan Cox is the long snapper that the Ravens released. Um, I don't think you should aggressively pursue any long snapper. I think it's very easy to find one really anywhere that can be a consistent long snapper. You don't need the best long snapper in the world. You just need one that won't screw up all the time. And that's pretty easy to find. You don't need to spend a lot to find it. I don't think you need to aggressively pursue any particular name. You don't need to fall in love with the long snapper. And I also understand you're probably asking that as a joke. Tim Cummings asks, what positions or players do you think are definitely not going to be drafted in the first round by the Vikings? I think in, in uh, addition to the obvious ones, like kicker and stuff, um, I, quarterback, I don't think they're taking a quarterback. I would personally be absolutely flabbergasted if they took a cornerback. I don't think they'll take a linebacker uh, because both Kendricks and Barr are under contract for a long time and they're not going to spend a first round. I don't think they should spend a third first round pick and I don't think they will spend a first round pick on somebody that would only get on the field for like 30% of snaps. Um, and then I think that's it. I think everything else you can make a, a case. You make a case for safety. Certainly could make a case for cornerback. You can make a case for any player along the defensive line, along the offensive line. Uh, you can make a case for a wide receiver, probably not a running back uh, and probably not a tight end. But there have I have seen simulations where like Kyle Pitts weirdly falls to 14 because everybody else was focusing on other things. So I'm like, I don't know, maybe. Uh, and Shark finally asks, is Cousins the best quarterback we've had in the last 20 years? I think that one is fascinating. Uh, maybe. No, uh, Dante Culpepper. Yeah, no, Culpepper was awesome. He, he would have won MVP in 2004 if he didn't happen to share that season with the best Peyton Manning season of all time. Um, and then I think you have to also account for for Brett Favre. But I, I think Dante Culpepper at that time, with the Carter Moss years and all that stuff, a lot of that was, you know, uh, Dante Culpepper heaving up the bombs that Randy Moss caught that we all remember. And we just remember Mo Moss more for them than we do Culpepper. I, I think Culpepper was probably better than Cousins. It was also a bit of a different era. So the, uh, the, the volume stats probably won't line up. But I probably would go with Culpepper over Cousins and then and then he got hurt and he fell apart. He wasn't having a good 2005 anyways. It was a difficult time and they didn't have a defense so it never really felt like he was that much of a superstar but Culpepper was incredible um, and then I think obviously the Favre years too but I don't know if he would count that because it was kind of a retirement tour deal and we all knew that that was fleeting. Tomorrow on the show, I think we're going to probably do our last couple of post-mortem things. Um, we, we've really gone over a lot of the themes of the Viking season. I haven't gone like position like by position like I have in previous years. I just don't think that's as fun. So I think we'll just keep trying to figure out stuff to kind of really define the 2020 Viking season and put a bow on it. And then we will move on later in the week to Cap Week. I have Brad Spielberger coming on on Friday at PFF Brad. Uh, he's going to talk to us about the cap situation. And then next week will be Cap Week here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. Again, if you have questions you want to submit for next Twitter Tuesday, you can always send them to me at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter, at Locked On Vikings on Twitter. You can fill out the Google form in the description, or you can just email to Locked On Vikings podcast at gmail.com. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.